get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back. Episode 312 of the What Up, Though? Podcast. Yeah, man. One more week till uh, episode Detroit. <laughs> man, that is so, I, just, I never would have thought, man, of all after, what, eight years, almost to the month. Actually, it is to the month, eight years. Uh, yeah, I think we started, the first episode was, I think, early May. May, yeah, I yeah. think so. But yeah, I never, I, I just never, never thought it would get to. 313 episodes so that's pretty dope man pretty yeah and I, i'm gonna just put it out there right now so baylor if you listening um and th- you, this might be something you might want to prepare even your own feedback for uh like i was telling you i was gonna i was thinking about doing a version of a detroit songs list that embodies detroit like you did for la and new york but we're gonna save that for next week for the 313 episode so um That'll give me an Otis time to think up some songs. And uh, if you wanted to, you could uh, you could send some our way, too. Yep. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I don't really know what direction I'm going to go, but I noted, too, that um, like Baylor's list was all hip hop, which I mean, like, that's fine. But like when I think of Detroit, like we got to factor in Motown. So like, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so I can tell you right now, our list ain't gonna be all rap. <laughs> like, nah, like nah. we gotta, we gotta put some Motown in there. Though. But I have, I like, I'm not gonna tell nobody what this is, and I'm gonna save it for the actual recording of the podcast. But I have one in mind that I'm curious what people would think about this as a Detroit defining song. It's a rap song, but. I don't know because I don't know how other people feel about this song, but like for me, I feel like when I think of Detroit and I think of hip hop, there's certain things that automatically come to mind. Obviously, you know, M, Dilla, shit like that, Royce. But like there's there's a different faction of Detroit hip hop as well. And there's a song in particular that like I don't know, that's always kind of stuck with me. It's like a a real Detroit, like for the streets kind of uh song and I, I it's not one of the things where it's like oh this is a classic i don't think but like it's it's gonna appear in my list because i just because just for me i just feel like it, this has to it has to be there and i'm a little bit curious what people are gonna say if they if they're gonna agree or not that that's like yeah that is kind of a detroit defining song well i guess i guess i mean yeah well i'm, I'm, I'm curious I'll, i'm willing to tell you what it is but not on That's the fair. podcast yeah, like yeah right, right, right. yeah I, I really would like to put some thought to this because i could think of some yeah yeah i'm 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 looking forward to that my list is probably gonna be like i'll probably i'll probably come up with five something like that a simple number and four of them will probably be hip-hop songs and then maybe like one will be like a motown motown song something like that but um i don't know I, that's just off the top of my head without really having given it much thought Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh man, what a week. Uh shit. When and I'm not downplaying, I'm just trying to think of when did the shooting in 
Buffalo happened. That was this weekend. Yes. Sunday. I believe Saturday? that was Saturday, Saturday or was Sunday. Saturday. Yeah. It was over the weekend because I was in Canada this weekend. Um, for yeah, I think it was Saturday morning or afternoon because I was I started getting notifications while I was in Canada on Saturday, and I didn't get to Canada until early evening. So like maybe maybe like four or five o'clock, maybe. So I guess that's late afternoon. So yeah, probably Saturday morning, I would guess it happened. Do uh have they lessened restrictions get into Canada? Or is it still um, the same system you had to do before? We are no longer required to show uh, a pos- a negative COVID test. Oh, okay. That's the only thing that's changed. Like you still got to be vaccinated. You still got to fill out the app, um, all that kind of shit. But you don't have, we don't have to show uh, negative, a negative COVID test anymore. <laughs> but the way things are going, that might come back. So, <laughs> man, yeah, I've known of a few people lately. At first, I just wasn't hearing nothing. I mean, I was hearing about people say people was getting COVID. Mm-hmm. Then I'm starting to see, you know, then I had uh, somebody in my job test positive. And now it's just, uh, yeah, I've been hearing a lot more um, every other day. <sighs> I will say that it seems more and more like the variants are getting easier to uh, easier to contract, but it is significantly less severe. And I think that's because of well, one, I think the variants themselves are just, I think like that it seems like when we get COVID variants, they kind of are like that. Like they're easier to catch, but they're less severe. And now that we're on the 87th variant, it's like easy to catch, but less severe. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's, it's the same as a basic cold, but like, I feel like it's not much worse than that. But I don't know. I could be wrong. But from what I've been hearing, people haven't been getting like real sick off of it. It's just like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, yep, it's one of the COVID variants. Okay, yeah. and now I'm fine. <laughs> hey, did you uh, did you finish watching um, Cat Williams stand up? Uh, yes. Oh, so you actually finished it? Okay. Yeah. Um, I started watching it. Uh, my wife was like, uh, like getting ready for bed and like she went downstairs, took a shower, all this kind of shit and, uh, whatever else she was doing. I started watching it while she, uh, she came back and we started watching something else, uh, the flight attendant, I think. And then, um, she got tired and was like, well, I don't think I can hang for another flight attendant episode without falling asleep. So just turn back on the Cat Williams shit. So I turned that back on and. Um, I think I did fall asleep for a small portion of it, but I woke back up and finished it. It, it, it started off really bad. It got a little bit better, but I, I, like if somebody said, should I watch the cat Williams special? I'll be like, nah, you don't need to. <laughs> it's not, it's not anything special. It's, it's whatever. So, Yeah. Yeah, but I, it, like it, it got better than it started, but man, it started off bad, <laughs> like real bad. Yeah, I was, I was uh, watching on lunch, and you know I'm eating and stuff, and it's in the background, I'm listening, and I'm just like, this is, this is not good. And then I just started watching it fully, and I'm like, this is terrible. And I got maybe 
maybe 25 minutes in and i was like i can't do this no more but if you say it got better i may track out j- try to rest just to see nah, but <laughs> not 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 that much better like <laughs> don't worry about it it's, it's fine it was like it it got better than the terribleness that it started off with you, you still there no, I'm here. No, I'm here. Oh, okay. Here. Oh, it got My real bad. quiet yeah. again. But yeah, no, it got better than the terribleness it started off with. It's like after about 15 minutes, you get the you get to the point of like, okay, sh- do I even need to keep watching this? <laughs> like, like, like after 15 minutes, you just like, okay, is this actually gonna get better or is it gonna stay at this level of terrible? And it gets better, but it doesn't get good. It just gets better than terrible. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I just was, I was just like. Uh... Like, Ugh. I can't remember nothing from it. Like, I remember there were a couple times where I laughed, but, like, I can't, like, there was nothing where I was like, oh, man, remember when he said blah, 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 blah? Like, I, I, like nothing like that sticks in my head. But I do remember, and I don't remember them specifically. I just remember there were some jokes that he made. Like, okay, so he spent, and uh, I, 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 I'm not going to worry about, quote, unquote, spoiling this. But I, I really spent, don't even care, dog. And even for our listeners, but like oh. he spent like the first like 20 minutes on this topic of like the truth versus the lie. And it's so bad. <laughs> like, it's so bad. Yeah, that shit was like it was like it was like a it was like the run on sentence that just wouldn't stop. And it just didn't make sense, Doc. Yes, he made a lot of like really bad comparisons. And like he went on this whole rant about. Like I think I think what like when I wanted to kind of like when I was thinking like maybe I should turn this off because it was it was still fairly early it was probably in in that range of between ten minutes and twenty minutes somewhere in there he started talking about um about the chicken wing shortage yeah and, and versus you know how they always got chicken thighs and it's like <laughs> it's hard for me to like look at that as funny when he's it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense yes it's like doesn't make sense it's like okay so i'm just sitting there like i see what you're trying to do but like all i'm sitting here actually thinking is that you don't understand how demand works (laughs) so just like it's like yeah i'm like ha ha like in my head like yeah i see what you're trying to do but um and you're you're doing it in the most cat williams way possible but i'm like all it looks like is that you just don't understand demand (laughs) like or yeah, I'm like motherfucker. It's thighs left because people didn't want thighs. They wanted wings. Like he's trying to make it the anatomy of the chicken. Like no motherfucker, thighs were just out there, yeah, not being like, taken. Not the fact that it was a sh- like that part. That was like one of the parts that frustrated me. Like that whole, that whole. What do you want to call his 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 storyline of 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 chicken wing shortage and then thighs? Like that, I, yeah. I was just sitting there like. What the fuck? And then I just hate looking at his ass with his old stupid ass outfits on. Like he <laughs> always dresses like if I tweeted like can't we always dress like the generation prior or some shit. Like he got on these <laughs> weird ass clothes. Like he never I've never seen Cat Williams and like, damn, that nigga fly. Like that nigga always dressed horrible, dog. And he I, I don't get I don't know if it's like a stand-up thing to like whatever he does, but that nigga dresses horrible every time I've seen it. I've never seen him in nothing nice. Before. I've never seen him in nothing fly. Dog, that nigga's terrible. So his clothes is bothering me. 
And then that that whole fucking you know chicken wing the thigh thing was just uh you are an idiot, dude. Yeah, he just he spent way too much time on that, and like you said, it didn't really make sense. And like I said, it just made him look dumb. Like it was it it was like funny in the sense of like, well, it wasn't funny, but it was like I understand how he meant it to be funny. But like I said, all it did was make him look like he don't understand how demand works. <laughs> like, so it's like you you trying to be funny but like you don't see that this doesn't work and then like after that he did something else and i can't remember what it was specifically but i remember he was still in that truth versus lie thing and he made another comparison that just did not work and i'm like oh man and i'm like am i is this gonna be what this is gonna be like i'm gonna have to watch 40 more minutes of this nigga making like inept comparisons and like <laughs> making himself look dumb like I was watching it like, man, like they, like I really used to think he was like a really smart comedian. And I'm like, why did he think that this chicken wing thing was it? Uh, I'm like, like if I was writing that, I'm obviously I'm no comedian, but I'm like, if I was writing that, I'll be like, yeah, this really make it look like I don't understand the demand for chicken wings. <laughs> and as a black man, I don't think I want to give that portrayal. <laughs> like, like, niggas no- like, hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Let's order a whole bunch of thighs. <laughs> like, yeah, no one's wings, ever said though. no one said that. Yeah, I was I was really just like, and I just kept and, and another thing. I just kept thinking like, like why are these motherfuckers laughing at this shit? And then you can start even hearing the hesitance of laugh. Like I think people yes. were really on to the shit. Like yes, there was like, a point uh, where he, he did something and nobody <laughs> laughed, and I and it was that was and it was after a punchline. Like this was the the punchline, and like hardly nobody laughed. And you, it, it makes it even creepier when the person who's telling the jokes laughs at the own joke at their own joke when no one else is laughing at it. It's like, oh, I had man. so many moments where I was just like, why is he dying laughing at his own whack ass joke? Like he does this thing where he like falls out over the chair laughing and shit mm-hmm. and he does it all the time. And yeah. Like, and it was something that was not funny. <laughs> and then after nobody laughed, like, dog, you can't fall out when nobody laughs at your joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like the it's like the kid that you know comes in front of you like that. Let me show you something. They do this whack ass flip, and you like, okay, whatever, little nigga. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was his whole stand up to me, dog. <laughs> He's just doing whack ass moves and shit. Parent just like, all right, all right, all right, sport, go go, go play in the grass and shit. <laughs> Pretending that the shit is hype. Oh yeah. shit, you did that. <laughs> right, right. Then you did that whole ass cartwheel. Like, okay, whatever, nigga. <laughs> yeah, that shit. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I, and it was somebody was just telling me about that shit. So I was like, cool. Um, I knew it just came out. So I'm like, bet. I ain't had shit to watch because I had watched uh, whatever I watched, I watched the night before. And I usually watch it the next day. And I was just like, okay, cool. I'll watch. Turned that shit on. Man, I done wasted my fucking uh, hotspot fucking data and shit to download <laughs> that shit on Netflix and shit. Just like, man, because I was like, man, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't care for that at all. Yeah, I really need it, but um, I'm, I'm I'm hoping my my laughter will be uh will be my, well my non laughter will be rewarded with laughter this weekend when uh the George Carlin documentary drops on Friday. Well, ah, the first okay. the first of two parts of the George Carlin. I think it's a two night thing, so I think Friday is the first part and Saturday is the second part. But um, yeah, I, I've never seen the George Carlin documentary before, so I'm very curious to see what really that okay. Avatar put together. Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I don't think there are any. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, there might be, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard of any. And now we got a, a big release coming to HBO Max, directed by Judd Apatow. Like, yeah, let's 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 see what we got. 
I watched this one. Uh, his Netflix daughter gave one. the co-sign to it too. Oh, really? Oh, shit. yeah. Okay. She she That's said major. she. Yeah, it premiered last week, I think, in in New York or, or wherever, and she went to it and like you know gave a co-sign and tweeted about it and shit. So, uh, his daughter fucked with it. That's dope. I was uh, I watched that one Netflix uh comedian series. Well, I only watched one of them out of it, but they have a series where uh, a bunch of different comedians they do like a half an hour and shit like that. And mm-hmm. uh, Janelle James from uh, Abbott Elementary. She had the oh, set. Yeah. Her, I watched her set. That. Was, her set was pretty cool. That's the same um, thing I think the Dusty Slay is on. The thing that me and oh. the dude, me and Johnny, always be talking about. Oh, okay. I have to check it out. I think yeah, he I on can, there. I couldn't remember the name of that guy for some odd reason. I was, I, it crossed my mind, and I couldn't remember the name, and I just forgotten shit. But yeah, I watched hers. It was. Uh, I think was they. Cool. I think they on the same season. Because hmm. I, I think it's the most recent one. Because that's the one Dusty Slay was on. I think she was on it. But yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it's the same show. I think there's like three seasons of it. And yeah, Dusty Slay on the most recent one. But yeah, I watched hers too. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah, I was uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I was watching it and I can't is it called the stand-ups? That uh, sounds right. Maybe so, I'm, but I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I well, I will say this: there is 100 percent something called the stand-ups. Yeah, definitely <laughs> I'm not something called the stand-ups. Sure that is what I don't it know is. if she's in the stand-up, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, but there yeah, is something was... with that name. Yeah, so she on was on Netflix. Uh, she was she was pretty cool. Oh shit! Where I'm you want to start? That, uh, man? I'm hoping I'm... that Netflix releases this whole Netflix as a joke festival that they did. So what's the, so what's the story on that? Because I I've seen I, I don't know. joke and I didn't know. I first I thought because I know it's a I thought it was a Twitter page or something a Netflix joke or I, oh I would see videos but I didn't know that was actually Netflix affiliated. I, I thought somebody was just really like. Oh, Netflix. <laughs> no, I think it's, a, it's I believe it's a comedy festival that Netflix threw over a weekend because I saw a whole bunch of people had sets during it. So I'm hoping that they put it out. But like the Dave Chappelle thing was just part of it. But like a whole bunch of other people had sets on that, too. Uh, first, so I, I thought I'm, you said a whole bunch of people had sex on it. And I was like, <laughs> that's interesting. Like, okay, I'll be this, mad. I'll be a live ass comedy the, special. Didn't hear about the Netflix orgy. Uh, <laughs> right. yeah. OK, cool. What sets got you? OK. <sighs> um, all right niggas time for people fucking right like wait what <laughs> i was just laughing like now it's time for people fucking yeah, all just, right i'll just this go sound weird but i'm like did we just have a uh a, a conversation about uh orgy oh you know we was talking about wilt chamberlain never mind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to remember oh, one of that pc it was the- about uh it was about somebody doing a porno and then we was like I could see somebody. I, I I was like, I could see like Gilbert Arenas doing that. Or some shit oh like that. yeah, I just don't remember how did I don't I don't even remember the. I don't remember how, how it started we, though. Yeah, uh, that's fucked up. We had a random conversation with the how it started. Then we was like, you know what? Will to be a fucking bomb ass porno guy. Hey, like pause. Nobody said that. No. Okay. Well, yeah, I was about to say that was the wrong wording. Um, we just said. I, I think I said. If anybody could would do would, would be, do that, yeah, be it real. would be him, yeah, yeah. And that was a good call. I don't yeah. like Gilbert Arenas was so random. I, I said I, I was like I think Gilbert Arenas and John Paul, John Paul, John, John Wall Paul. would do that. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I don't remember how to fuck. That just, yeah, that just shows how random conversations be. I do not remember how to how the fuck we got on that. Yeah, I don't know how we got on that. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> okay, all right. Well, um, what do we anyway, go with? Uh, yeah. we can start with Baylor's emails. Oh yeah, that's right. Let me uh, cue those up. 
I was here laughing because my sister asked me for some money and I sent her the Homer Simpson backing into the trees, man. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a meme that has become its own thing, but was funny as fuck as a Simpsons moment. It's the same as the one that I use all the time with Grandpa Simpson going in and walking right back out. Like, I use that as a, like, that's just a me special. I feel like nobody else really uses that. But I love that, like, essentially entering the room and going like, nope, I'm going right back out. <laughs> and like to me, it's funny as a gif, but the scene itself on The Simpsons was funny as fuck. And it's the same for that one of, of Homer, like, backing into the tree, into like, the bushes. I don't, know the or- I don't know the origin of either one of those. Yeah, so, like, both of those are, like, they're they're, they're good Simpson scenes and they're good memes. Like, I'm almost, I feel like I knew the story of, that was his dad, right? Uh, Homer's dad? Yeah. I thought I I told you the story of that. Yeah, you told me the story of that one, but I don't recall. I'll I'll tell the story of both of them right now for for the audience. (laughs) It'd be that, uh, where this, have you ever seen that, like, where where this meme came from, where, like, you can get the history on the meme? No, but I feel like I want to look up so much shit now, though. Yeah, like, if you Google a meme, you can usually find, like, the original thing that it's based on. Like, if it's, like, a GIF or something like that. Like, the the one I use all the time with a little girl with the, with the buck teeth making the funny face, Chloe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, like something like that. Like, you could Google that and find, like, the original video that that's from. And the original video is hilarious. But yeah, I can do a uh, where did this meme originate or <laughs> or what it's based on. But uh, the one of Grandpa Simpson walking in and walking right back out, that was an episode where Bart, he threw like a Frisbee over this gate and he climbed over the gate to get it. So he was trespassing. And the woman who lived there, uh, you know, caught him trespassing and laid into him. And it turned out that she owned like this burlesque house where like they threw these like uh sexy shows or whatever with scantily clad women and it was like this secret house that like all of the men in Springfield would secretly go to and just like you know see these women dance and shit like that and Bart uh he had broke something whenever he went to go get his frisbee so she made him work there to uh to pay off the cost of what he broke and there was controversy in that because Homer was like Oh wow, good. He's getting a job to work his work off his debt. And Marge is like, yo, he's working at a fucking titty bar for the most part. Like, like, what the fuck? So Bart uh got to a point where he was like a good kind of like employee there, and she made him work the entrance, like kind of like, you know, uh like a greeter almost. Like people would come in, he would like take their coat or whatever. And so he's just standing there at the door, like behind his little po- uh not podium, but like uh lectern or whatever just standing there and then grandpa Simpson comes in and it's like, okay, grandpa Simpson comes to the burlesque house and he's just coming in whistling. He got his hat on. He take his hat off. He put his coat down. He turns around and sees his grandson at the burlesque house. And all he does is go, Oh, and then he walk, turns right back around, puts his hat back on and walks right out. <laughs> like, Oh shit. My grandson's at the, at the burlesque house. And he don't what makes it so funny is he don't say shit. It's like, he comes in takes his hat off take his coat off, turns around, sees Bart, goes, oh, and then, like, turns right back around and puts the shit back on and leaves. So that's the origin of that. And then the um, the one at Homer backing into the bushes was uh, an episode where uh, 
in the history of the Simpsons, Homer has always hated Flanders. But on this particular episode, I can't remember offhand. Oh, Flanders gave him a, a like they went to a football game together, and whoever the quarterback was on the team was like one of Homer's heroes, and he threw like some game winning touchdown or whatever. And as he's leaving, the quarterback sees Flanders and is like, "Oh man, Ned Flanders saved me!" Like, "Oh, I, I, you know, he's my favorite person, whatever." And Homer's like, "Holy shit, you know this quarterback or whatever?" He was like, "Yeah, you know, I helped him when he was on hard times, yada yada yada." And then uh, the quarterback gives Flanders the game ball, and Flanders is like, "Well, uh, Homer's a much bigger fan of yours than I am, so uh, Homer should have it." And the guy's like, "All right, cool." So he signs it and gives it to Homer. Homer's like, "Holy shit! Nobody's ever done anything this nice to me before." I mean, nice for me before. So uh, throughout this whole episode, Homer just liked Flanders. And it got to a point where Homer was too aggressive with liking Flanders. And he was like popping up. Like he would just show up while this nigga's having dinner with his family and shit. <laughs> and just come in and just start eating with him and shit uninvited. <laughs> and he was getting too, he was doing too much with it. And it got to the point where Flanders was getting turned off by it. And there was a time where he was, Flanders was like outside uh, playing with his kids or something and he was talking about uh, having a family barbecue and Homer just pops up out of nowhere and is like oh family barbecue like what should I bring like like totally like inviting himself to this barbecue or whatever and he was like well actually it was just family so uh, you know uh, we, we weren't really gonna have other people over and then Homer's just like oh okay and then just like <laughs> slides back into the bushes back onto his own property <laughs> so <laughs> That was the that's the story of that. I'm, one. I'm pretty sure I never heard the origin of that one. Like I say, I, I vaguely remember you not I sort of remember you telling me about the uh, grandpa one, but yeah, that's funny. I had no idea about that one. Yeah, I know all the Simpsons gifts. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we can start with Baylor's email. <laughs> after yeah. after where did this meme come from? <laughs> this week's edition of where did this meme come from? We can now uh play Baylor's email as Golden State goes up by 21 points. Man, I was just about to mention that too. Get <laughs> mashed. All right. <clears throat> Dallas did not weather the storm. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, let's start with this one. All right, so check it. We got Tatum with the Celtics. We got Can you hear that? Okay. Butler mm-hmm. with Miami. Luka with Dallas. Staff well, if you could get a little bit louder. I just okay. Hold on. Hold on. Did you start it over? Yeah, I'm just starting it over. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, I can't hear nothing now. <laughs> no, my bad. Yeah, I'm trying to adjust my mic. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, this. All right, so check it. We got Tatum with the Celtics. We got Jimmy Butler with Miami, Luca with Dallas, staff with uh, Dolphins State. I just was one motherfucker right there. Um, we can't let Boston has to lose. I, it's fun watching them. They probably got the best defense out of the four teams left. I need them to lose because I don't want them to get any closer to number 18 over my Lakers. Hold on, wait. Who is he talking about? Boston. He don't want Boston. Okay. He's talking okay. low, too. So. Dallas mm-hmm. versus Golden State. I fuck with Luka. That's, that's, that's one of my that's, – that's my assassin right there. All day. Uh, I respect Golden State offense, and they got one of the deadliest offense plus Jordan Poole. And if he plays at his highest, then it's over or whatever. But I don't Great. I don't want to see a familiar champ. I want to see, I think, I think, I think Jimmy Butler deserves it, especially off his last 
finals appearance, um, that was a hell of a performance he had in a bubble. I think he deserves to get back to the final, and he's, he's carrying that Miami team. He's keeping them relevant. Um, Steph has been there or whatever, but it, it wouldn't be a knock against his career if Luka was to beat him because Luka's on his way up and replacing a lot of familiar faces. So I'm, I'm fine with either or, though. I'm fine with either or because I would like to see uh, Jimmy Butler versus Golden State. Or even, I ain't going to even lie to you. The ultimate offense versus defense is Boston versus Golden State. That'd be a hell of a matchup. Man, what the fuck is Pat Bev talking about? Hey, yo, no, the shit was entertaining, and I fuck with the honesty. Uh, right message, wrong per. Get the fuck up out of here, Pat Bev. You're trash, bro. <laughs> what up, Did you uh hear what Pat Bev said? I don't. I didn't. I didn't catch it. Well, I I can't remember if uh, I, I'm trying to place. There was a morning where Pat Bev was trending, but I, I don't, I'm not sure if that's what he, he's talking about because that was a few days ago, I think. Like, I don't feel like that would have been uh, what he's talking about, but I could be wrong. I'm looking at Pat Bev's uh, Twitter right now. Whatever he said, he must have deleted it because I don't see it. I know he had said something. I do remember oh, he was on the I show. It. And he I said something. Okay, go ahead. It was when he was he was talking about Chris Paul. Mm. Mm-hmm. He said, um, uh, well, for the first thing he said, he was on um, I want to say it was first take, but he was on some, you know, some you know, one of the major shows and he was talking about how Chris Paul don't got no defense. He was saying like, uh, he's like, he's like everybody in the NBA know, uh, Chris Paul ain't got no defense. Like he's like, he's like, we call him the cone. And they were like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, cause like if you, you know, if you got a cone on the floor and you dribbling around it, what's the cone doing? And it was like nothing. He's like, exactly. <laughs> so he compared, Chris Paul to like a cone that you would just dribble around like that nigga has no defense he just stays still. Man, and at first then, I thought you said that nigga called a nigga cool. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, dog? That would have been way better. <laughs> that would have been the number one topic. Yo, we gotta talk about Pat Bam calling Chris Paul a cool. <laughs> like yeah, making those State Farm commercials. That cool. <laughs> oh, Cliff Paul ass cool. <laughs> Cliff Paul ass nigga. Uh, and then Jeremy Lin tweeted that um, he wanted Phoenix to win because he felt like Chris Paul deserved a championship. Ben's quote tweeted it and was like, deserved? Like, what should be deserved? <laughs> like, that was, that was it. So I, I'm assuming that's what Baylor is talking about. I feel like that was a few days ago, but then, it, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, that's probably what it was. Because, like, that, that morning, Pat Bev was trending because of that appearance in those tweets. So that's probably what it was. But um, as far as his, uh, I don't want to eat up too much time talking about the playoffs. You know what? I'll be uh, side note. I had a conversation with Guard now, uh, last week, and she mentioned that she started listening again, and she wanted to send in some, like, send in a voicemail, but she was nervous. And I'm like, hey, I'm like, you the OG, like you the OG, <laughs> like why would you be nervous? <laughs> 
but she she said something like, yeah, I was listening to the one episode and you were talking about this and she was telling me all that. And then she's like, at this some point, yeah, I started talking about sports or something and I wasn't paying attention. So like anytime we start talking about sports, I'll be thinking like, oh, this with Garden I'll turn it, turn it off. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like in my head, like I don't want to spend too much time talking about the NBA. And it's really only because I'll be thinking about how Garden I'll just be checking out whenever we start talking about sports. <laughs> right, right, so, right. so there you go, uh, Garden Now That's me, uh, me taking you into consideration. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this it's probably sure. people who listen to this now are like, who the fuck is Garden now? Because <laughs> it's been yeah, so she, long. Yeah, like she was, uh, she was definitely from the one beginning. of the early, early listeners. Early. I swear she was the like the first non-Detroit person that listened. I feel like she was before Baylor. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but like when I think of the first non-Detroit no, people think, to listen, I think, I think, I think she of them was. Too. No, I think she was. Yeah. But uh, as far as what he was saying about the matchups, like. I picked Boston and Golden State at the start of the playoffs, and, you know, I want to be right. And I also do think that would be the best matchup to watch. But um, I feel what he was saying about Jimmy Butler. Uh, We were saying right before we started recording, uh, well, you uh, you said you missed the end of the uh, game one of that series, but Jimmy Butler in the fourth was, like, ridiculous, dog. Like, like he he, that boy was cooking, (laughs) man. But – I, I wouldn't mind uh I, I I I don't know. I wouldn't mind Jimmy Butler getting a chance, but I'm not interested in watching Miami, if that makes sense. But uh I was thoroughly impressed with their defense, particularly down a stretching game one. So um I I'm I'm kind of cool with any matchups that could come out of these four teams. Like there's no matchup where I'm like, I don't want that. Um you know, even if it was like Miami and Dallas, which is the opposite of what I picked and what I want, I still would not be mad at Miami and Dallas. And Luca is, yeah, of all the teams left, Luca is my favorite player out of the remaining four teams. So I would like the, you know, I wouldn't mind watching Dallas get in there. But I'm also at the same time, I'm like, I, I want, I want some parity. I don't want Golden State to win again. But I wouldn't mind Golden State being in there. But I like parity, so I would like Dallas to get there too. I just, I, I guess Miami is my least liked team of the remaining four. But I would, I wouldn't mind seeing Jimmy Butler get a shot to, uh, to show out, particularly on 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 the final stage. So, um, yeah, like right now, uh, I don't know when he sent that, but uh, game one between Miami and Boston went Miami's way, and it was uh, totally because of Jimmy Butler. Like a hundred percent, Jimmy Butler won that game. And then uh, right now, Golden State and uh, Dallas just started the fourth, and Golden State's up big, so uh, they're probably going to take game one. Yeah, if, if Dallas and them keep playing like this, they'd be out this motherfucker because uh, Luka is frustrated. He ain't really scoring. I mean, yeah, and Jordan Poole is fucking taking over. So, And Jordan <clears throat> yes. Poole, like, I don't like most of Golden State's players, even the ones that I respect. I don't like them. But I like Jordan Poole, dog. <laughs> like, like yeah. man, I wish the Pistons had him, dog. Man. Yeah, he, he has an energy, man. It's just fucking nuts. Um, and it's just like, how did the fuck did – like, Golden State will have, what, a season and a half bad, and then they just get, like, these great fucking players to come there, man. It's just, like, fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's all – I mean, that's all I, all I really got to say about the NBA at this point. Uh, we can briefly talk since he did bring up the NBA about the draft lottery, which happened last night, which would have been before he sent these emails. And uh, 
Yeah, the Pistons, even though they had the second worst record in the league, they dropped down to uh, the number five pick, which I've been in my feelings about for the last 24 hours. Uh, I haven't really felt like talking about it because I am disappointed. But um, I'm only disappointed because I've spent this entire time assuming that we would get a top three pick. So I'm uh, like, yeah, yeah. so with, with it in my head that we were going to get top three and it was kind of just a matter of where the odds of us falling below, I felt were fairly slim. Um, that's where the disappointment comes from, but we can still stand to get a very good player at five. So like, I'm not, I'm not upset about five, especially since I feel like Sacramento is going to throw a wrench in this. Like there's been like the top, the consensus top three have been Holmgren, uh, Jabari and uh, Paolo. And then Jaden Jaden Ivy has been kind of like, I, I think largely the consensus fourth pick. But I feel like Sacramento at number four is going to fuck that up somehow. Like, I don't know why. I just feel like Sacramento is going to take somebody that's not one of those four players. And one of those four players could potentially fall to us at five. And then also, I feel like this might be a good opportunity to roll the dice on the Shade and Sharp dude uh, who's been making making big uh making his rounds on social media, I guess, uh, as far as being talked about, you know, it's a guy who, uh, there's not a lot of footage on him outside of high school and, you know, he might be able to, you know, impress during workouts and whatnot as well, but he made, uh, he made the rounds on Twitter because during, uh, during like, I guess, uh, uh, I, I keep wanting to say tryouts. It wasn't tryouts, uh, but like, uh, I guess like what, what would be like the NBA combine. He did what is uh, considered to be the highest vertical jump ever. Oh it, yeah. It's yeah. unofficial, but yeah. yes, unofficially, but like he unofficially logged the highest vertical ever. And I think a player, like, I don't know much about the dude, other than the few clips that I've seen of them. But if the top four goes the way it's quote unquote supposed to go, they might roll the dice on him. And that could be like a high risk, high reward move. The only thing is like, I don't feel like the Pistons are in a position to uh, have to, to take a lot of risk. So like, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, but I'm not particularly mad about drafted number five. It's just the fact that like in my head, we were going to be top three regardless. And now to find out that there's a strong possibility, we won't get any of those four guys is like, Oh fuck. Yeah. So now I, I got to start thinking about other people when I, I, in my head, we were getting one of those four. I wanted my man from Duke. Uh, Paulo. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and I, and, I, and then I was like, before, you know, the, the number came out, I was like, well, you know what? I'll be, Seriously, be good with top four, and then it, of course, ended up being five. Uh, a couple of notable things. Um, that is, this is the uh, per Rob Beard. This is the first fifth pick we've ever got. That sounds right. Um, like I mean, that sound. I, I make it sound like I know the entire Pistons draft history, but I do know the entire Pistons draft history while I've been alive. And I know that we have not gotten a number five. Like I, that would have stood out to me. Like, I, I don't think that aside from the 
number two that we got where we drafted Grant, the number one with Cade, and number two with Isaiah. I don't think we've had off the top of my head any pick higher because I think we got Killian at number seven. Yeah, and I Darko think Darko was three. Uh, oh, I forgot Darko. Darko was uh Darko was two as well. Two, sorry. So yeah, I think so. So those uh Grant at Grant was was Grant three? Grant might have been three. I don't know. Grant was two or three. Uh Darko at two, Kate at one, Isaiah at two. So that's our that's our ones that's our top three in my lifetime. Yeah, Grant was three because Jason Kidd was two and Glenn. Okay, Robinson, I could remember. I could remember. Okay, yeah, I knew Glenn Robinson was not. I could remember a kid was two or three. So there we go. So that's our top three history. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, I know there hasn't been a five in my lifetime because I'm Killian was seven, I believe. So, so uh, yeah, and then yeah, um, so that makes sense. Another another uh, tidbit is that uh, I looked up like notable fifth picks over uh over the years mm-hmm. uh so that same draft juan howard went fifth um that Which same year, draft uh uh when, when grand hill came out oh, okay 94 okay so uh grand hill went went uh i'm sorry grand hill juan howard went fifth that year so other notable fifth uh good fifth uh picks trey young went fifth and and 18 uh Dwayne Wade went fifth in 2003. No. Yes. What? Yeah, because um wait, wait, wait. I thought Wade was third. No, no, that's not right. Bosch went fifth, I think. I think well, wait, it I thought it was LeBron, Darko, Wade. Mellow Bosch. That's how I thought it was. I, I, I could be wrong. Like once we did our pick, I stopped paying. No, attention. it was LeBron, Darko, Carmelo, Bosch, then Wade. Wow. I didn't think Wade went that low. I could have swore mm-hmm. Wade was third. Maybe it's because his jersey number was three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh Wayne Wade went fifth. Vince Carter went fifth in 98. Uh, I, was say, I was about to say Dwayne Wade might be the best number five pick of all time. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I feel probably. Like, I'm going through the list. Uh, Scotty Pippen went fifth. Um, Kenny Walker, Charles Barkley went fifth in '84. Okay. Um, Daryl Dawkins went fifth in '75. Chocolate Thunder. Okay. Um, Walt Frazier went fifth in '67. So yeah, there's, there's some decent I, number fifths. I number still fifths, number think no, <laughs> no, I was going to let number fifth slide. Um, <laughs> I do still think Dwayne Wade is the best of those. I do think he's better than Walt Frazier. And I do think he's better than um, there's another one that you said that I would probably be in the conversation that who'd you say after Pippen? Um, oh, Barkley. Yeah. That's the only one that I would have to think about. Like who would be, who's the better number five pick between Barkley and, and Wade. Yeah, now that would be the one I'd have to think about. I don't know, maybe Walt Frazier. Well, I, I, I'd reinsert Walt Frazier into that that conversation. So it'd be between them three. Yeah. 
and hopefully whoever we draft. <laughs> yeah, hopefully whoever we draft, right, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I, I wasn't too disappointed. Like I say, I was hoping top four. Um, fifth, obviously, just one out of that. So, I mean, but I, I just hate – I mean, you know, it's always going to be the stupids, but it was just like – I kept seeing stupid shit like they tank for this. Like, no. Like, I just – and then it's just like, you know, maybe they should have lost more games. Like, do you not understand how – how the percentage goes with the first with the first three teams, yeah. The first four teams, three, three. teams, yeah. yeah, three. So I'm like, yeah, but I know, I, I know, I can't, you know, rely on stupids to 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 make sense every now and then. So that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's on me for for believing in, in dumbass people. So that's yeah, and the, the the people who talk about not winning enough games, it's like the lottery has changed the way it works in order to avoid that. Cause like you know, like like you just pointed out, all the t- all the bottom three teams had equal chance of getting the number one pick. So you know, last year the Pistons got it when they should have been number two, and this year they got number five when they should have been number two. And like it's it's it used to be losing more games would increase your odds, but it hasn't been that way in a couple of years. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're what they're thinking about, but the Pistons could have lost all 82 games. They would have had a 14% chance to get the number one pick. Same so fucking chance. <laughs> don't, don't fucking matter. The same fucking chance. Yep. So yeah, whatever. All right. Let me play this uh next. What up though? So check it. So so me, so me and Mike was politicking or whatever. Now I got I got this little series that I'm doing where it's LA versus the world uh, intro. So it's, it's basically like I play some songs to introduce you to LA. So this is what I was talking about at the top. <laughs> four to five songs myself that I think represents your city. And I think Detroit is going to be the most difficult one for me because it's a lot of history that I don't know about Detroit. So I'm gonna have to do my research and then do what I do, do my listenings and I don't is listening a thing. It can be. Um, and then I'm gonna go off and the and the thing is it's like no matter what no matter what songs y'all think or y'all know represent Detroit is from my perspective. Right. So even if you gave me some pointers or something like that, I'm still going to put out the top four or five tracks that I think represents your city. The point is, is to start a fire. But I'm doing <laughs> my best to represent y'all. <laughs> okay, nigga. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that was okay. it for that one. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I do want to do that. Um, we'll like, I, you know, I'm not going to repeat everything I said at the top, but like, that's, I, I do want to do that for the next episode. So that'll be cool. If he come up, comes up with his list and, uh, you know, we can, you know, play his list next week and then we can say our list. I think that'll be pretty cool. So, um, looking forward to that. And I'm also very curious to hear what somebody who's not from here is going to come up with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, like, I'm more curious about that than our own because of course they're, it's their outside point of view. So definitely curious yeah and 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 you know i think when people who aren't from here think of detroit they're gonna think of eminem first and that's fine because like i uh, no no secrets here i'm gonna put an eminem song in my list <laughs> i don't even know what it's gonna be yet but i'm gonna put an eminem song in there because you can't not put an eminem song in there like just as much as 
I would say we, you know, we got to put a Motown song on there. We got to put an Eminem song. Like he's the best rapper to come out of here. And one of the best rappers of all time. Like I can't not put an Eminem song on here. So I'm going to put an Eminem song on there. It's just a matter of like how I'm going to decide which one to choose. Cause like Baylor made a point in his podcast episode to point out, it can't necessarily be your favorite song it, from a LA artist or something like that. It has to be a song that you think fits that city. So like I have to, I can't just put like my favorite Eminem song. I got to think what Eminem song best defines Detroit. So like, but yes, there, I, I will think of one. <laughs> so <laughs> there will be an Eminem song. There will be a Motown song. So I've already spoiled two of my five. Well, not spoiled. Cause I haven't come up with the songs yet, but your choices i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right cool let's get this last one out the way let's see hey man you gotta be high star wars right right yeah, yeah. And i'm like i see this black person is <laughs> hey, a black person <laughs> i see this black person running and i was like like i don't know why i said this. i don't know why i said yo why is Dion Ward in Star Wars? <laughs> Nigga, what? I'm like, why is Dion Ward in Star Wars? Nigga was Billy D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> is that the whole voicemail? Hey. Oh. <laughs> you know one of my favorite songs by Phil Collins is You'll Be in My Heart. Oh, From man. Tarzan? Gee, I can stand the shit out of that song right there. What up, though? He said one of his favorite, uh, what is it? Did he say Phil Collins? Yeah. Will you be in my heart? Yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I don't know Phil Collins. It, the only reason I know it is because it's from Tarzan, the oh, animated really? movie, and my kids watch it all the time. I did not uh, watch. Okay. Like Tarzan is in the era of Disney movies where I was too old to watch Disney movies. Like it came out when, like when I was like a teenager, and I wasn't watching Disney movies at that age. The only reason I've seen it is because my daughters watch it. And, the, and that song is from the soundtrack. The whole Tarzan soundtrack is Phil Collins. It's a Phil Collins album, the Tarzan soundtrack. <laughs> it's all Phil Collins. Yeah. I, uh... And that blew me away to realize that. Like, watching that, like, not watching it, because I actually haven't watched it. Like, it's always on in the background when my kids watch it. But I'm watching, I'm like, why is every song on this Phil Collins? <laughs> so you pretty much did the whole, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all Phil Collins songs, though. Interesting. And another Mm -hmm. random note that I discovered, because I'm looking like, why do I recognize this nigga voice? The dude that played Tarzan in that movie was voiced by my man who played Fitz on Scandal. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's motherfucking Fitz. (laughs) Could you, you, like, really? Did you, 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 like, know him, like, right offhand? No, I didn't know it was him. I just knew I recognized the voice and then I looked it up. No, actually, no, I didn't even look it up. I recognized his name from the uh, credits. I don't even know what his name is, like off the top of my head. But when I saw it, I was like, this motherfucking fits. (laughs) Man, so much shit. I so much shit I probably missed because I don't have kids. Like random (laughs) shit like that. Like I would have never known that because I would have never watched that. And also, he wasn't, he was nobody. In the, well, I think it came out in like the mid '90s. He was nobody. He was nothing until Scandal. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like you, you would recognize him. But yeah, I, I 
Only reason I know that is because uh because my daughters watch that movie all they still watch it all the time. That fucking Tarzan movie. So speaking of movies, I was still kind of I was kind of shocked that you you had never seen Finding Forrester. I'm shocked that you're shocked. I've never seen Finding Forrester. That just seems like, like is that a popping ass movie? Because I'm like I, I mean, like I feel like it was at the time. Dog, like real shit. When you said that somebody on We Own This City was for Finding Forrester. Literally, the only thing I knew was I recognized the title as a movie. I don't know who's in it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it came out. Like I know nothing about this movie other than like I recognize that title as a movie. That's it. Yeah, because it starred uh, Sean Connery oh, that's and then uh, Rob Brown, who was the guy in um, the episode of um, We Own the City, was the the, the, the black kid in it. Uh, so what's what's interesting about that real quick, that clip that I sent you and Johnny earlier of the guy talking like Wayne Jenkins from that show. Yeah, that podcast episode, whoever else was on it. Referred to that character as the guy from Finding Forrester. I was oh. like, OK, at that point, I was like, OK, maybe I'm tripping on not seeing this movie. <laughs> Cause like immediately that 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 was the first time this person introduced this character. He was like, "Yeah," and then the guy from Finding Forrester said, "I'm like, is this movie that popping?" Was <laughs> like, that before? Or after I was, I, was that before? After, after I actually? Oh, okay. After. After. Okay. So like when you said it, I was like, "Okay, well, I've never seen that movie." And then I heard that podcast. That was today. Cause I oh, said that to just you guys today. right okay. after. I, yeah, yeah, I, was so, yeah, to it. I know. Yeah, I heard I, that, and I okay. paused it and made the video and said it. So like that was today. I was like, man, he is, I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should, I'm supposed to know this movie like that. Yeah. That apparently Otis and this guy on this podcast know it. <laughs> but yeah, I remember looking at him and I'm like, I know he wasn't from, you know, uh, from the wire and I'm looking at him, I'm looking at him, I'm like, man, he looks familiar. And then I just kept seeing that it was just kept being scenes with him. And I'm like, fuck, I know exactly who he is. And then that's when I, I confirmed it. But yeah, he was, uh. Yeah, but it was shit. Uh, Matt Damon was in that. Uh, they had a. Uh, How old was he? Like, so he was young. So that came <laughs> out. In, that came out in two thousand. Twenty two years ago. Yeah, Matt Damon. Well, he was probably still in his twenties. And my man is thirty eight. So the dude that the, the dude that was on We Own the City. He was thirty eight. I mean, I'm sorry. He's, he's thirty eight now. Damn. Uh, so he was still. He wasn't. So he a was kid like in that. what. 18, 19, or yeah, he's he 22 still, years. still an adult. Yeah, he was a, yeah. Okay. But wait, yeah, you so. said, wait, you he, said 38? He's 38, so that oh, came Oh, so he out was 16. Okay. 16, yeah, so he was a kid. But, yeah. But I was looking, I'm like, man, he looks familiar. And after a while, I looked, I'm like, fuck, I know it's fucking Finding Forrester, and I haven't seen that movie Have you seen years. that movie? Have you seen it multiple times? I've seen it multiple times, yeah. Oh, okay, because I'm like, man, that, that's some real shit if you recognize that nigga off a, a movie you saw one time 22 years ago. No, no, no. I watched it uh, a few times, but yeah. So, I, But I was like, damn, he looks familiar as hell. And I, as I kept looking at it, I'm like, fuck. And then it finally hit like later on in the in the episode um, that it was... Uh, Can I just know. say, John Bernthal, the guy that does, is the in the lead role on We Own This City, that nigga is great at playing a specific type of character like he plays kind of the same character in everything he was on the first season of the walking dead played kind of the same character 
He was the Punisher on Netflix, kind of the same character. Oh, fuck, he was the Punisher. Shit, that's where yep. I couldn't pitch. I kept, I'm like, I've never seen his other stuff. So I never watched Walking Dead. So I didn't know him from that. And I'm not sure his other, you know, filmography or whatever. But uh, actually, I, think I didn't. He was on the first two seasons. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, he's kind of, he plays kind of the same character in all of those things. But he is fucking great at playing that character. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean man. he's as charismatic, charismatic man. Like he's he's a beast, dog. He he's mm-hmm. definitely a beast. He plays plays. I'd be curious if uh um if somehow they end up talking to like the real uh character to see how how they thought he portrayed him or whatever. Uh, that nigga in prison. <laughs> that don't mean they can't talk to him, but yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, prison. right. <laughs> but, yeah. So, but yeah. uh yeah, so that was just, I, I, I was like, hey, you never seen that one. Like, I, I thought that was one of the movies that just people saw and shit. You know what I'm saying? How come this is completely unrelated? Because I still got this game on in the background. How come every time Golden State plays, we, we see multiple shots of Andre Iguodala on the bench all the time? Like, I do not understand. Like, they're showing him like he's fucking LeBron or some shit. Like, just a reminder. They're without their best player. Like, like it's Iguodala, though. Like, he's probably going to retire soon. Was he out of injury him. or something? I thought. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming so. But, like, I mean, like, he's an important. He's an important role player on the team or whatever. But, I mean, like, they show him so much that you would think it was, like, a situation where a team lost their superstar. Like, look how shorthanded they are. And it's like it's just Iguodala, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they make it a point to show him every time to go to say place. Yeah, every, I'm like, time. every time, dog. I'm like, why well, gotta see Iguodala so much? Multiple times per game. But anyway, uh, what are we talking? About? Oh yeah, John Bernthal. Yeah, that like I think that he's really good at playing that type of character, and he's crushing this show. He like it's uh, the first time I saw him was on The Walking Dead. And when they announced that he was going to play the Punisher, I was like, oh, yeah, he going to crush that shit. Just off seeing him on The Walking Dead, I was like, yeah, he going to crush that shit. Because he was he was cold on The Walking Dead. Like that first, the first season and uh, the second season are the only, they're not just the best seasons of The Walking Dead, they're like the only good seasons. <laughs> like the only good seasons was the ones that he was on. So like, yeah, he, uh. He crushed that shit to where when they was like, John Berthold going to be the Punisher. I'm like, oh, he about to fuck this up in a good way. He about to fuck that role up. He about to kill And it's shit. funny because the only two roles I've seen him in, obviously, is uh, this show and then I've seen the Punisher. And I, he's such a good actor. Good. He was it just they're totally different roles, like night and day different roles. Like he's more of a quiet guy in the Punisher and shit. And now he's like the most talkative motherfucker, the most charismatic, loud, energetic dude. And yeah, he, he plays, they are different roles. But when I say he plays the same kind of guy, he plays a badass. Oh, right. Everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like gotcha. that's, that's what I mean. Like he plays a badass. He was a badass on The Walking Dead. He was a badass on The Punisher. He's a badass on this. Like I do think, and I don't want to talk about, I'm not making this into a TV podcast. I do think this show does a great job of showing that his badassness is a front. It's like him putting on a performance and that like on the inside, he's really insecure, but he's, he's showing that he's doing a good job of it. But at the end of the day, he is still playing a badass. 
but yeah, he's a he's a great actor, man. I like I like him, man. Yeah, he he's uh I like to watch some more shit with him in it. So I believe um, that's the only three things I've seen. Oh but okay. I would say like if you if watch watch him on The Walking Dead, it's worth watching because that, that was when the show was good too. Like it's it's worth watching just to check him out on there. And now since you've seen him on the Punisher and this, you know he you know he he is to be fucked with. <laughs> like you want to see him on shit, and he is very much the same kind of guy uh on The Walking Dead. So you have one topic that you listed that I'm very curious about because are we done I mean, with Baylor shit? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It. All right. Yeah. Uh, one of the topics you listed, and I've been really curious because I've been seeing this phrase um, a lot lately, um, especially since the shooting in Buffalo, mm-hmm. is um, the Great Replacement Theory. Ah, yes. And yes. I haven't read up on it enough, so I really don't have much input as far as the how what you know what it is and stuff like that but i'm curious your thoughts on it since you did add it um like yeah oh man i just saw somebody on golden state made such a terrible play it worked out but it was such a bad play yeah. anyway uh yeah like this again i open layup and kicked it back out to the three-point line because he's an unathletic white dude anyway um <laughs> uh, so apparently yeah this great replacement theory i admittedly i don't know a lot about it either I hadn't heard of it until the Buffalo shooting, but again, with my political podcast that I listen to, I've heard it a lot lately. And then I was already aware of it conceptually anyway, not even conceptually, uh, cause it is a reality, but the idea of it is that, uh, just white people being afraid that, uh, there is a, a group of powerful people, mainly Jews who are, uh, trying to, replace white people with minorities and to to make a a more minority country but they look at it as a a concentrated effort by a group of like powerful people that we don't know about think of like a jewish illuminati or some shit who are trying to do this and that came into the forefront because of the buffalo shooting but it's a and apparently this guy who did it believes in this but it's a theory that apparently has existed for a long time and it has had uh i would say various variations of it but there are versions of it that exist that try to make it sound different but it's really just kind of like a euphemism for the same concept because apparently this this term started like on the dark web like and on like 4chan and all this kind of shit and it got to kind of mainstream because Tucker Carlson hasn't talked about this specifically, but he does something that a lot of these right-wing extremists do, which is like take take something where you talk about it in a way that makes it easier to accept for people so it doesn't sound as extreme, but it's really just veiled language for extreme concepts. And this is kind of that. Like Tucker Carlson talks about it from a voter perspective. Like they're trying to replace uh, important political figures with left wing Democrats to push a left wing agenda. So he's kind of like, yo, we have to really support our our right right wing people because there's an active movement on the left to like replace people in the government like that's some kind of scam. Like, yes, of course, they want to put more Democrats in place. (laughs) But like but he he he's he puts it through a, a voter and political perspective. But it's really still kind of just like thinly veiled language that really speaks to this this apparent great replacement theory 
And I was also listening to something else, another political thing. And it talked about that scientists say that by 2042, because I believe that's the year, that's like, like this year that all white people are worried about. In 2042, we will, white people will now, white, white people will become the minority and they will be outnumbered by other, like not by black people or by, but, but by the collective of like, there will be more like blacks, uh, Mexicans and, you know, uh, immigrants and all that shit. Like non-white people will outnumber white people by 2042. So there's this whole thing of like white people trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. And that kind of speaks to theories that I've laid out on this podcast about how they want to make sure <laughs> Steph Curry dapping up E40 dressed like a right. <laughs> dress like a cowboy. I, I don't know, like a nigga from Yellowstone, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of like all denim cowboy outfit anyway. But yeah, like that, it, that it just speaks to white people being concerned about the idea of like, uh, this is my shit and people are trying to take it from me. And that's what I've hypothesized about on this podcast for years, but that, that's kind of what this theory is. And I just kind of wanted to uh, not necessarily talk about it. Cause I mean, like, I mean, you can give your thoughts on it obviously, but it was more kind of like putting that out there as a thing that there are large groups of people who believe in it. And that that's what this Buffalo shooting that happened over this weekend. This guy is one of those people who believed in that. And that was partially motivated his, or maybe even entirely motivated his, uh, you know, concentrated effort on taking out black people. And that people are concerned that other people who believe in the same concept will do similar things. Like try to look at it, like combined with what I was saying about the year 2042, looking like, okay, we got to start taking niggas out to make sure that this don't happen. And they look at it the same way as with the uh, abortion shit. Cause like black people kind of look at it differently than white people do. I think, again, this is another hypothesis. This isn't me stating fact, but I think like white people look at it like if we make it more difficult to get abortions and uh, make it so that, you know, contraception is more difficult. All these, all these things that women look at as, the government trying to regulate my body, their actual goal is to make, make sure that more and more white people continue to procreate and make more and more babies. Cause I heard that too, that the abortion thing is less about uh, controlling like women's bodies or black women's bodies specifically. And it's more about making sure that white people who have the ability and access and all this kind of shit to be able to raise kids, to be able to, you know, expand their population in order to avoid this scenario of uh, minorities essentially becoming the majority. And it's funny because I've never, never thought about that as far as their reasoning for abort, for reasoning for, you know, not wanting abortion, but I mean, I guess I could play a part. Um, yeah, it came from like a, there was a, a podcast, I listened to it today actually, and it was talking about um, us modeling or attempting to model our, our, I guess, procreation methods with, I think it was like Hungary or something like that. But it, it was about the idea that abortion regulation is not meant to be punitive. It's meant to 
make it so that white people can more easily procreate and increase their numbers. It's less about keeping down other numbers. It's more about increasing their own. And I think we look at it that way collectively as a, you know, as a, you know, like through a different lens, like, you know, they, they don't want us to be able to regulate our own bodies and they, they're putting their own beliefs on us, whether it's religious or whatever. And the actuality is that they really are just trying to work to uh, increase the white population. And I'm not saying I subscribe to that because that sounds very uh, uh, conspiracy theory and like, like kind of like the opposite end of shit that I would make fun of. So like, <laughs> like I'm not saying I subscribe to this theory, I'm just saying it's a thing. Yeah, man, I, I, I've i heard like some like, you know, you see a lot of shit in print with Twitter and just news and stuff. But actually hearing like the like the extreme pro-lifers, like it was a governor and I can't remember which state, but uh, he was in, being interviewed and he was, you know, the, the ladies, the host specifically asked him, you know, would you allow abortion in certain cases like rape or incest and he was basically like they're babies too like it was like no circumstances where he was just like abortion is going to be okay and i'm just like wow like you expect a woman to conceive a kid that she was violently assaulted and this is supposed to be this would be the the constant memory of one a person she probably doesn't wouldn't want to fuck with you know what i'm saying and to, to have a kid, that just that just seems crazy as fuck to me. But to hear it was just, you know, I mean, not surprising because I feel like that's the country we are. But yeah. it was just still wild to fucking hear that. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I had that topic on there, because I just wanted to kind of like point out the idea that this is a this is a thing that exists as a mo- motivational factor that, you know, I'm not going to say a lot of people aren't aware of because that's me speaking from my experiences, but that I was not aware of until this Buffalo shooting. So I'm like, oh, all right, let me uh, explain this and put it out there for people. Cause I thought that's a very interesting idea uh, to, of white people thinking like, oh, we're going to be outnumbered. So we got to find a way to increase our numbers, decrease their numbers. Like they're actively trying to push back on this, this whole 2042 uh, idea. And if it just for the record, if this does end up happening, I'm very interested to see what 2042 is going to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're going to be old by that point. That's 20 years from now. Like we're going to be in our 60s. Like I'm, I, I, I'm very curious to see America as a 60 year old with whites as the minority. Like that's that's really interesting to me, especially if like is if that exists in all aspects of life like if the government is mainly minorities or what we currently call minorities, like I could, we couldn't call them that anymore. But like, you know, if the, if the government is, is uh, largely comprised of people who are today considered to be minorities, like that'd be super interesting. Like what, what does the world look like at that point? So like, I'm like kind of lit for my sixties. Like what's that going to look like? Even though I don't want to be that fucking old. I, yeah, I've, I've well, never, I want to. I want to live that long, but I just don't want to be a sixty-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I've never, I've never, I've never thought about things in my sixties. But yeah, that that's that's definitely interesting. Um, ever wonder if why if, is it wild that D Wade and Charles Barkley are both on? <laughs> are, are both? Oh on yeah, TNT coincidentally, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. Both both fifth round. I mean fifth round. Fifth, 
right, the picks. two number five picks that we talked about, like it could have been any fucking random group of people. Like we knew Charles Barkley would be on the halftime show, but like of all the guests to have on, to have on the guy that we were just talking about, we were like, talking that's kind of crazy. Right. Yeah, and it's funny. I, and I was looking early when I saw D Wade on, there, and I was just like, I can't recall too many instances of seeing D Wade and Shaq in the same city. Yeah. Like, it, oh. has, it has been a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else do we have on here? Uh... Oh, I know what I want to talk about real quick. Well, I don't know if it's going to be real quick, but we can see. You know, I've, I've noticed and partially subscribed to how people will tell you that Twitter's not real. Like, it's not indicative of real life. And that's something I've seen for pretty much the existence of Twitter. Like people were like, oh, this isn't real. It's just Twitter. Like real life is different. And that is to a degree true. But I've noticed that I think Twitter is actually possibly the most real shit that there is. Because a lot of people look at Twitter not being real because they think like, oh, this is just Twitter people being trolls and all this kind of shit. And like real life ain't really like this. But like, I also will note that people being trolls on Twitter is really just an example of what people will do with anonymity. Like when they, when they know their behavior can't be tied to who they are, this is how they behave. And is there really any more of a real uh, depiction of humanity than that? Than that? Like who you're going to be if no one knows it's you? Like, if you can get away with anything and you could just be who you want to be, like, is that not the most real shit? Like, because that's right, really who right. you want to be, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, like, admittedly, this is some shit I came up with while I was high. <laughs> but <laughs> I was sitting there, I was like, is Twitter the most real shit ever? Because I'm like, this is, like, all of, like, the idea of, like, creating fake accounts and, like, all the, uh, creating bots and, all like, all the... Like all that people associate with being fake, like, oh, you that's not who you really are. You're just putting up a fake account so you can do this or these bots aren't real people. They're just doing that. But it's really reflective of people doing what they feel like they can get away with. And if 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 you feel like you would do something if you knew that you would not get caught or it couldn't be tied to you, is that not who you actually really, truly are? Like. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm just saying, like, that's the thought that I had. And I wanted to open that up for discussion, not just with you, but for anybody listening. Like, how do you feel about that concept? I, I think mean, there's I something uniquely uh, that has not been discussed that is interesting to think about the idea of somebody doing something, like how you would behave if you knew that you would not be caught or that nobody would tie the behavior to you. Like, what would you do with with complete anonymity? Does that is that who you really are? Or inspire to be? I mean, I, I, I've never understood the whole concept of this Twitter not being real. I mean, I think Twitter being a thing where you can just be yourself or someone else kind of log in, log out and do other stuff. You know, I don't know if that's the 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 genesis of of why people feel the the non-realness of it but as it's twitter's been real as fuck as long as i've been on twitter i mean that's how i've always felt 
like if you if I've always felt Twitter is the most accurate depiction of humanity that there is, because like that's where you can see everybody's opinion. And like that, that's that's both the best and worst of Twitter. Like it's that actual depiction of reality is the best part. And then the worst part is that it gives every motherfucker a platform, no matter how stupid, racist, hateful, whatever they may be. It gives everybody a platform. That's the shitty part. But like, I feel like you get all you get all of it. You know, like if you just like if you don't have social media your perception of life is going to be your immediate circle and anything you see on TV. And obviously TV is, is replete with fiction. So it's like really your real, only real interactions are going to be in your immediate circle. But if you on Twitter, you're going to see every type of person. You're going to see that fucking uh, redneck from Alabama. Who's racist. That person going to be on Twitter talking shit. The rich celebrity is going to be on the same fucking platform as the racist hit from Alabama talking shit. You're going to have black people, white people, gay people, trans people, a different sexualities. Like, oh, I like this. I like people who eat ass, people who suck dick, like people who oh, every person is on there and visible and making themselves known. And I feel like looking at it like, oh, all these people are being mean to me. So this isn't real. I feel like you might be deluding yourself because you think that that's not how people are, but that really is how people are when they don't have to suffer real life consequences for it, which just calls back to like the, what you've been saying. And the, the idea that like both people need to get punched in the face. Like if you, if you say something fucked up, you get hit in the face, you might not say that shit no more. Yeah. And when I, you exist on Twitter, you are somebody who can do or say whatever you want, be whoever you want to be. And you will not get hit in the face. And I feel like that is the realest fucking depiction. When you look at all the different types of people and the lack of consequences, it's probably the most real shit there is. Yeah, I, the, the lack of consequences always bothered me. Like, I always felt like if if a conversation on Twitter just magically just ended up in just a circle of people sitting around in a chair and chairs yeah, and shit, mm, just like a lot of shit, a lot of shit wouldn't be said. Nope. You know, uh, and that's uh, fake. That's fake behavior. Yeah, but it's a depiction it's real life, but it's of fake real. Behavior yes, for real. exactly. It's fake at like it's fake in the sense of like you are fake motherfuckers and you not being yourself. But it's a real. De- it's, that's how people are. <laughs> like so, it's a depiction of reality. Like some of the shit I see people respond to people like, man, you would never say that shit to somebody in their face, man. Like. I, I just couldn't see it. The energy, the 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 word usage, like the insults, like I just don't see. But on the other side, there's a lot of real shit that comes out of that. You know, I mean, one, I've met people I've I've you know become lifelong friends with. I've probably got enemies that's lifelong too at the same place. Um, and you know, I, I, and it's funny because I've you know really close friends that have never got into twitter never used hell my wife never never you i don't even think she had a twitter account um and you know life goes on goes on as well with those people but yeah i twitter has always been one of the most interesting dynamics of life i've ever ever been a part of yeah it's ever been a part of interesting i think i think twitter is one of those things that people shit on it because they don't like seeing the type of behavior that takes place on it but I think Twitter is one of those things that's going to go down in like American history is one of those things that was kind of transformative 
Cause it like, it, again, it's like, it gives everybody a voice and it brings out the worst in people. And I think you, you we want to look at that right now is like people being fake and, and, Oh, you wouldn't say that to me in real life, which is all true, but that still is a reflection of who people want to be. Like, you don't have to be that. Like, I don't do that. I don't hop on Twitter and be somebody else. I'm just the same motherfucker on Twitter that I am on real life in real life. But there are people who are not like that. So if you look at it like, oh, this person's being fake on Twitter. Yeah, they're being fake on Twitter, but that's a depiction of real life. People like to pretend to be someone they're not, especially when they know they can say whatever they want and not get away and get away with it. So like and from that perspective, it's it's the realest thing there is. Do you ever think Twitter will end? No. I, I just think the Twitter Twitter is the peak of social media. It's a combination of a depiction of reality with timeliness. And I, I feel like that's kind of that's kind of unbeatable. Like I could see Facebook going away. Because Facebook is already a thing where like younger people look at it like fuck Facebook. That's for old niggas. Like I could see Facebook being something that goes away, but Twitter with like the combination, like it, it Twitter encompasses what everybody likes about everything else. Like if you are a fan of TikTok, you can find the same content on Twitter. You can't right. find Twitter on TikTok. You can't find Twitter on Instagram. You can find Instagram on Twitter. Like, so it's like Twitter has everything and it, and it, the timeliness I think is important because like, I, I know like I've every bit of news that I've learned about post the creation of Twitter has been from Twitter. I don't hear it on the news first. I don't hear it on Facebook first. I don't hear it on uh, anything else. Like, like Twitter is breaking news. That will be the first place you will find out about anything. So you combine that with all the other shit, like the, the pictures, uh, it's less regulated than other sites. Like, for instance, like, okay, you can't post, like, nudity and shit like that on Instagram. You could do that on Twitter. It's like, it's it just has everything. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't see that going away. Like, I mean, if, I mean, maybe, like, in a, when a, if a time comes where social media is not popping no more, then yeah, maybe it goes away. But like, as long as social media exists as a thing, I think things will come and go and will be more popping than Twitter even at some point. But I don't, I don't, I don't see Twitter ever going away. Yeah. I guess I don't either. I just wonder at some point, you know, we hit 50 and we're like, this shit ain't what, we, what it was before. <laughs> I see that, yeah. But I, I also see it persisting from as, you know, younger people get older and they get on it and all that kind of shit. But I've always said, like, I feel like Twitter is something that I'll never stop using. And I think it's a combination of like all the things that I mentioned, plus the fact that we are part of the generation that started Twitter, not started it. But like, you know, like we were there at our peaks when Twitter came into play. Everybody else was either too early like you was already grown and then twitter came along you're like what is this shit or you came in late and you just came into what twitter was at that time but for being part of the group who was like in their prime like 
the people who are in like their teens and 20s, they're like the millennials. The fact that Twitter came into play at the same time as millennials were like at their peak millennialness. That's right, right. I think that I think that's why it's not going anywhere. Like, because we'll always have a part in it. Like, I don't feel like even at 50, I'm going to feel like I don't have no place on Twitter. Like, I feel like anybody who come to me talking about, oh, we don't do that on Twitter. Like, bitch, nigga, I was here when this shit was invented. Nigga, you don't t- I tell you what happens on Twitter. You don't tell me. <laughs> like, like I, I just I don't know. I don't see it happening. Anytime like we get like our Twitter anniversaries and shit, I always like to share mine. Cause I always want to encourage other people to share theirs. Cause I always feel like, like, I, like I'm at the, I'm at the beginning dog. Like I was on Twitter before it was popping. Like, I think me and you were separated by a couple of months. And I think you might actually have me beat by a couple of months, but like, literally I what, what cannot you think. Start? Do you remember? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was November, 2008. I want to say I was maybe October or December. Like that's what I, I say. Like I feel like we're separated by a month or two, but it's like the same year or whatever. Yeah. And like, I, I, it was right when Twitter was just popping off. Like I remember when the first person got one million followers, and that was a big deal. Like, oh, okay. I think it was Justin Bieber. Was Ashton Kutcher? No, it was oh, Ashton okay. Kutcher. Yeah. No, it was it was Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Like got a million followers or whatever. It's like, oh, the first person got a million followers. There's probably a bazil- there's probably a million people with a million followers <laughs> on Twitter right now. Like, it's a uh, did they were they doing verified accounts then? Back then, uh, I don't think so. Okay. I, I feel like the person had to just confirm. Like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and shit. Now anybody's fucking verified. So. I don't even know what it really means. I mean, I knew the I know the reason for it was to keep people from copying a person so that they could, you know, they I guess to copying their celebrity or whatever the fuck. Yeah. But I don't know what the fuck. And now I just see random ass locals with verified accounts. I'm like, what the fuck did y'all do to get it? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Like, I can't even be mad about it because I'm like, wh- on what grounds could I hope that I'm verified? Like, ain't nobody trying to copy me. <laughs> like. I'm a fucking nobody. There's people with verified accounts that have fewer followers than me. And it's like, okay, well, that person just must be more important to me. I don't fucking know. But I'm like, I, I know for one, I know for sure I have no grounds to come to Twitter and be like, y'all got to make sure that people know this is me because there's too many other impersonators out there. <laughs> right. It's and they have to know to me, that so, yeah. I'm actually me. Like, I have no grounds to say that to Twitter. So, I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't care about being verified. We got to, we got to, we got to push the campaign to get Delvin uh, verified. I agree with that. I didn't I know that fucking that. Delvin had ten thousand followers. <laughs> that nigga's a superstar. Dog. But at the same time, he follows like nine thousand people. Though I cannot imagine how fast my timeline would move following nine nine thousand people. It's gotta be. I don't know. I feel I feel like Twitter has a good algorithm to where you will primarily see the people who you fuck with, who you interact with. So like he might have nine thousand followers, but he still might only really interact with, say, 200 of them. So those 200 people are probably most prominent in his feed, because I would think my tweets would not 
come across a timeline of somebody with that follows 9,000 people. But if I tweet it right now, hey, Delvin, look at this. He would probably text me like, look at what? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. like, <laughs> like, I feel like it would show up. So without me tagging him. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like their their algorithm is just like, good at that, I'm assuming. I mean, and then it's like I've been on, what, what would we say, 2008? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what, 10, 12, 13, 14 years? It's math. And uh, <laughs> right, I was, yeah, I was trying to be quick with it. Uh, and I still don't follow more than 800 people. You are December 2008. Oh. And you follow 787 people. Yep. So you were right on both of those. Oh, fronts. fuck. It's right there. I'm stupid. I just, I just clicked my <laughs> thing and I was, I was about to look for something. Yeah. December. Yep. So December. I am November 2008. Okay. So yeah. you And I am following 815 people. Our, our accounts are just wildly similar, except yeah. you have a, you have a significantly greater number of followers than I do. By how many though? I couldn't say about much though. It's, it's kind of a lot. Like I'm it wasn't 16, that much. 16 something, 1664. Yeah, and I'm 1277. So you got me by almost 400. The discrepancy has gotten wider over time. But I, I remember I, there was a point where we had almost had a bet on who was going to get to 1000. No, we person. did have a bet. We did yeah, have a bet. And, yeah. and you got there, but like at the time we made that bet, it was close enough to where I felt like I could have had a chance. Now, if we tried to like, I wouldn't even do a bet. Like, who gonna get the two thousand first? You nigga, like, <laughs> you got too big of a lead on me at this point. But my shit doesn't. I, I've probably been, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in the twelve seventies for like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've been in the twelve seventies for a long time. And I got only reason I'm in the twelve seventies is because of how heavily involved I got in the Pistons Twitter. So I started following a lot of people on there. They started following me. So that brought the number up. Like that, and that's just been during the course of this NBA season. Like my shit gonna stay at tw- in the twelve seventies indefinitely, dog. I don't get, I don't get followers hardly at all no more. I remember a point where I said I wasn't gonna follow more than seven hundred people, and for years I kept that. Like I just wasn't doing it. Like it was just, I don't, I, and I was just like, this is stupid. Then I was just like, follow who the fuck I want. Like I had this, I had this, and it's it's it seems embarrassing to say now, but I had this thing where I really wanted to keep my ratio two to one. <laughs> and then I'm just like, this is stupid. Why am I hindering myself from like following people? Like, you know, whatever. I, but I still had this thing where like, I try to follow people other than celebs. I follow, I try to follow regular people that I interact with. Yeah. Like I'm just not following just to read your shit. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're like really interesting or some shit or some like random celeb or some shit. Yeah. I've been doing that. Like I said, the Pistons Twitter shit has, change the dynamic of my my twitter my twitter behavior like i i right now i'm mainly only following people who seem like real pistons fans and uh various uh television and film twitter accounts and that's pretty much it so like that's kind of just where i'm sitting at right now but yeah i, I had that same thing at one point where i was like i was trying to keep a ratio but i'm like eh I don't care about that. And then I, I do kind of routinely go through and kind of like update my followers where I'm just like, okay, this is somebody I don't talk to no more. Oh, this is somebody who I don't like no more. Oh, this person hasn't tweeted in forever. Like I've gone, I've done that multiple times. So I'm fairly confident that what did I say I had eight, I follow 815 people. I feel like I haven't done it in a while, but I feel like if I did it again, I wouldn't get rid of that many people. Like it's been soon enough that, uh, if I go through, I probably 
I don't know. I might not even end up under 800. It might, I might only get rid of like 15 people if I did that. Yeah. But I realized that Twitter is something I, I pretty much is my daily. I get up, yep. look in, I look through the day, I look at night, I interact with people, and you know, I don't see me leaving Twitter anytime soon. So oh yeah, I, I don't see I sort of charging, I don't see me leaving Twitter. Like I I have no desire to leave Twitter whatsoever. I barely use Instagram. I haven't gotten rid of that. Like, I, like I, Twitter would be the last thing I would leave. I would leave, and Facebook has way more uh, longevity with me. I've been on that bitch for a minute. I would leave Facebook before I would leave Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, that's where all your family and friends is at on Facebook. Like everybody I went to high school with. I would leave Facebook before I would leave Twitter. Uh, Twitter is too valuable to me. And and Twitter's it's it's really about the timeliness of it. Like, I just feel like everything, and that's part of the realness of it. Everything that happens in this world hits Twitter first. Why would I get rid of that? As somebody who is into news and politics and current events, why would I get rid of the thing that's the most, that, that's where every, all the news lands first? Like, you see it on Twitter before you see it on actual CNN. <laughs> I mean, why, shit. why would I? Why would I give up Twitter? <laughs> M- M- MJ's death pretty much sparked the well TMZ's TMZ's validity mm-hmm. and just news happening. You know what I'm saying? There, like you see some shit hit Twitter and it won't even hit like the Googles for like hours, minutes. And, or yeah, and that's felt, you know, yeah, and that's now. Like when Michael Jackson died, I think the way it happened for me was. I, I might have seen it. I, I really can't remember where I saw it first. If I saw it on Twitter first, if I saw it on TV first. I, I Oh, I saw it on Twitter first. I saw it on Twitter first. Because, sure. yes, because TMZ broke it, like you said. And when TMZ broke it, TMZ did not have the credibility for breaking that kind of shit that it does now. So I'm like, TMZ, the same motherfuckers that be walking up to... Uh, random B-list celebrities at the airport and as I'm like, what the fuck? How would you be breaking Michael Jackson's fucking death? So after I saw it on Twitter, I then turned on CNN. Like, okay, let me see if I can find CNN to confirm this. And then once I saw it starting being talked about on there, like like it, the way it played out, he actually ended up being dead. And then I just looked at it like, damn, TMZ really was the first to say that shit. <laughs> Like, and, yeah, I re- and I remember that. the day, everything. I remember I remember going to work that day and I came home and I fell asleep. And I just remember waking up and I, I had this like red burgundy, uh, this burgundy leather couch. And I remember my, I just being mad because my face was stuck to the fucking couch because I was, it was hot and shit that day or some shit. <laughs> it just, that's, like I remember the day like yesterday, dog. And I got up, I got up to go wash my face and shit and I grabbed my phone and that was all the fucking alerts on Twitter. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like I say, I'm like, who the fuck? I mean, all I remember is TMZ is the motherfuckers getting in celebrities' faces trying to take pictures and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the, the video form of paparazzi and shit. And that was it. I mean, they only had one really fuck up when they tried to like. Uh, do you remember when they they basically were saying that uh, that Lil Wayne was dead or he was dying or something? When you said they had that one fuck up, my immediate thought was Lil Wayne. Yeah, because they yeah. had they they were reporting like. Uh, people, uh, Lil Wayne's family has been told to come to the hospital and say their goodbyes. Yeah, like, that's what it was. Yeah, 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 they went extra hard with the Lil Wayne shit. Yeah, that nigga was sitting, it's funny. That nigga was I, sitting courtside at the game. <laughs> right. He's, he's, on my, he's like on my, my Twitter 
uh, I just clicked a tweet that had him in it talking about Mac Main has squashed the beef between Lil Wayne and Mark Cuban. I didn't know they were beefing. And I don't like, care. Like, okay, this is the first time I've heard Mac Main's name in like 20 years. Also, and then squash the beef between like that sounds like when like, Dave Chappelle he? was like uh like, like, DJ like oh, I need shit? to hear from John. Ja- yes, like I need to hear from John ja Rule. Like, I, like only and Ray J. Only Clue can squash this. Like that's what it sounds like. Oh, I'm beef with Mark Cuban. Only Mac Main can squash this. Like what? I don't hear that. It's funny. I'm looking Mac at the. Uh, I'm looking at the game. Well, the uh, interview, and they got Steve Kerr. I guess that COVID uh, scare, keep your ass with a mask on, because I swear he the only motherfucker I seen with a mask at the goddamn game today. Yeah, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr seemed like the type of nigga that a virtue signal, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, he might be, he might be legit. Yeah. And like I said, he was sick, so he's probably just being extra safe. Yeah, I fuck with him. That's my guy. Um, anything else? Nah, man, I'm good. We can wrap up. All right, well, we'll figure out next week and uh. See y'all then. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace. You can find a What Up Do podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all of them. Do you listen on iTunes? If you haven't already, drop us a review. If you got questions, you can send them to What Up Do Podcast at Gmail. That's W U D U P D O E P O D C A S T at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook or you can find us on Twitter at What Up Though Podcast. Peace.